0: Hello, insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, along with Inside Track co host, Ed Wilkinson, coming to you live from the modern KVOI broadcast complex here in Tucson, Arizona, on this Martin Luther King weekend observance. Thanks for tuning in today as we welcome Eric Rudin from Essential Pest Control to talk about getting rid of your bugs, varmints, and weeds and Lee Mason to talk about the County Corrections Department and the multitude of problems there. You don't want to miss either of these important interviews. Program note, Willis Lee from the NRA was scheduled to join us today. A last-minute thing came up with him, and we will reschedule him for a show later in January or perhaps early in Uh, in February. Stay with us for another action-packed show. Before we get started, let me mention that Inside Track is brought to you by our great supporters, Eric Rudin, the aforementioned gentleman at Essential Pest Control. He'll be our next guest. Jamie and Gary Kipper from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Joy and Allie, at Corazon Cabinets and Inside Track co host Eb Wilkinson, who's out in the hallway uh, coughing right now with <laughs> with Wilkinson Wealth Management. These are all locally owned, family owned businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do, so should you. Before we get onto the show. I want to share a brief personal story. I helped our son, Mike, pick up our eldest grandson, Bodie Paul Ash, at school yesterday afternoon. That was a lot of fun. As we headed home, Bodie talked about being happy. This would be a long holiday weekend. I'm not sure how a five-year-old kid kind of knows the the importance of a long holiday weekend. Uh, so I asked him why we're celebrating. Uh, this long holiday weekend. And as you would expect, our five-year-old had no idea. So his dad and I said, we were celebrating the birthday of a great American, a great man who helped change our country for good and brought greater equality for everyone. And his name was Martin Luther King Jr. Bodie was sort of quietly listening from his car seat. So I had a captive audience, and we told him that Dr. King believed in the equality of all Americans and gave his life for that cause. We told Bodie that Americans believe that America is a better place for everyone to live because of Dr. King, and that it was a good thing that we celebrate his life work and the work to make our country that shining city on the hill. And I told him it would be up to him someday to defend that as well. Um, the first of many talks with grandkids about America, I promised, Bodie, we would be having many more of these talks in the future. Insiders, don't wait for government schools to tell your kid and grandkids about history or civics, or trust the information they impart will be objective or accurate. Fight for better schools and demand that our future generations understand where their greatness comes from. Before we go to our first break, a few words on news from the past few days. SCOTUS breaks the federal vax mandate, which was a serious blow to the president's ill-conceived and unlawful vax mandate. Unfortunately, the court has held up the mandate for healthcare workers. Speaking of the China virus, reports from around the world um, and the eastern USA show that Omicron is fading fast and has likely peaked. Uh, with it uh, to pass by sometime in mid or late February, um, and uh, I, I mentioned this to Ebb on the way to the studio uh, today. Um, I think in Tucson our our uh, level of unhealth must be at a at kind of a, a high level. My email traffic has uh, been probably forty percent lower than what it is, and Looking in our office's uh, parking lot with lots of other businesses. Uh, Not too many cars there this week. Uh, We will get through this and we'll get through it soon. Question, is Russia getting ready to invade Ukraine? It looks like something is about ready to bust open. Vast cyber attacks and false flag information campaign going on. There has been much discussion about... Um, our own armed involvement. This is a EU issue, a European Union issue. Our allies in in Europe need to stand up and put on their big boy pants uh, if they have anything uh, like that. And um, uh, let's stand up to the Russian bear. It should not be America's uh, job to stop Russian adventurism. It looks like, at least for now, the Senate filibuster rules will stay in place, thanks to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. But before we get excited and praise Manchin or our Arizona senator, uh, she and Mark Kelly both say that they would vote for the Biden Sanders AOC Voiding Act. It looks like federalization uh, of our elections is still an unfulfilled Democrat socialist wet dream. Can I say that on the radio? Wet dream? Sure. I think I just said wet dream three times. Sirhan Sirhan is denied parole by California Governor Gavin Newsom more than 50 years after his conviction in Robert Kennedy's assassination. Ethel Kennedy and six of the senator's children opposed his release. I would also. Inflation reported at 7% this past week, the biggest jump since 1982. We now um, uh, know how painful... Uh, or excuse me, we all remember how painful that was uh, for us in 1982. If you were buying a house or running a business, real inflation today is probably 12 percent or higher because not everything is included in that figure. And meanwhile, we have severe shortages in the grocery stores. Anybody who has walked into a Safeway or Albertsons can attest to that. Fuel issues make uh, uh, products uh, even more scarce, as well as a supply uh, sh- uh, supply chain supply chain as well. Um, the Department of Justice forms a new domestic terror division, and special forces will simulate an insurgency on U.S. soil in upcoming conventional warfare ex- exercise. Eb, I don't believe in political coincidences. Do you? No. Uh, I think something's up, and uh, when uh, pressed to uh, answer the question what uh, groups had formed against the government, uh, the the, uh, DOJ um, uh, assistant AG said he didn't know of any either, but they're doing this anyway.
1: Well, the FBI states that it is the parents of the uh, school children.
0: Well, them and uh, this guy... uh, Well, anyway, we'll we'll have more on that at another show. As President Brandon's unfavorables reach nearly 70%, Kamala Harris still working on her public image. That qualifies as mission impossible. Quinnipiac poll poll finds nearly 6 in 10 think our republic is in danger of collapse. I agree, but not for the reasons they say. And lastly, Hillary Clinton... Eyes, a 2024 run for the White House. Oh, There's always God. a rush to fill a vacuum. And the sad truth is, she is the best the left has to offer. K. Lostima. Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break. When we return, Eric Rudin joins us to talk about pests, farmants, and threats to everyone's home. No, we will not be talking about the Democrats. He will give us an update from a great local company, Essential Pest Control. We'll be right back. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have
2: So our biggest customers are actually like ranchers and people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences.
0: We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material, what they're making, bringing it back. And so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them. So I think that's really our niche market. We'll sell whatever you need. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday.
3: Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science.
2: You mean you don't use a shoe?
3: <sighs> no, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets.
2: Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This
1: is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. As the new year begins, many things change, but one thing remains the same. People worry about inflation, but it's just a process. Manage your wealth, and you manage that process. We use the baby steps. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911-WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com.
0: Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce is here, Eb's here, and so is our friend and Inside Track supporter, Eric Rudin. We haven't connected for a while. Uh, what's new at Essential, and what's new with you, big guy? Uh, well, you know,
4: uh, <laughs> Things are going well. Um, My daughter is off at college,
0: so, you know, I have a little bit more free time. You just spent uh, some nice... Daddy and and daughter time uh, this bonding time yeah that's yeah. all good it At was fantastic
4: uh, you know dad doesn't get a lot of time when they're off to college but we spent a week together and uh, the theme was to do things in Arizona that she hasn't done as a child mm-hmm. so you know we we did a uh she got pampered uh, saw a couple professional sporting events um, took her to
0: fire an automatic so I, weapon so I like the I like the optics of a spa-cation and <laughs> Yeah. In the same time away with Dad, we get to go to the shoot to the uh, to the rifle range and, and go shoot automatic yep. weapons. So That's one day cool. she's
4: getting pampered, and the next day <laughs> we're shooting an automatic weapon. Uh, you know, we kind of split. So and, she got uh,
1: pampered twice.
4: Yeah, <laughs> pampered twice, and then we. Uh, Went to the Grand Canyon and it was really nice. So uh, dad was very happy and uh, she left this morning to go back to college. Um, and in essential, we're doing actually quite well uh, considering everything that's happening um, and very excited there.
0: So, so uh, Eb and I both use your company uh, in our homes and in my case for a lot of different businesses and accounts that, that we manage. Um, tell us how Tell us how easy or or how difficult it has been keeping all of your technicians, you know, in place and doing the things that they need to do and also uh, when they're working in homes, you know, how that's working because people, you know, kind of have an issue with strangers walking into their homes. We yeah. we never have had that problem uh, at our home. I mean, the guys are welcome in. We know that they're, you know, professionals in every respect.
4: Yeah, we, we've had to manage it because you can imagine that our clients have varying views on how to handle um, interactions in you know, in this COVID world. Um, so basically our policy is we allow the customer to dictate, dictate to us what our response is. So, you know, they have the mask and the booties and the gloves and, um, you know, a lot of those guys Um you know, know their clientele and their, uh, what their response is. And our guys will accommodate to what their needs are uh, versus us dictating to our customer what their accommodations are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we leave the freedom of choice to our actual employees uh, in regards to, you know, their vaccination status their boosters and those sort of things uh, if they want to wear a mask at work inside the office. Um, so we, we've kind of taken the approach that uh, personal freedom in your choice is something that we're going to respect. And we do the same for our clients. So you're not mandating uh, vaccinations?
0: No, we are not. And um, so restaurants, you you work in in different restaurants. Uh, You do a lot of commercial work. Um, Restaurants are under strict county control for cleanliness and all the things that they need to do to keep their uh, customers safe. Tell us about the work that Essential does for restaurants and for stores, because this is a big deal. a large part of your business, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, we we do everything from uh, small stores to school districts. Uh, We do have county city facilities. Um, We do a lot of different commercial projects. So the biggest thing is just trying to determine what their needs are and responding to them as well. So one of the things that we really focus on is a pest control practice, uh, integrated pest management, limiting the pest activity uh, with reduced impact products. Um, so there's a lot of regulatory stuff that we have to do in order to maintain their needs and their compliance. And we want to make sure the restaurateur or the public facilities meeting the needs and obligations they have through the health department as well. Uh, so that usually involves a lot of record keeping and just making sure that they're up to date on everything they need.
0: So in the restaurant, you know, not every restaurant successful. Some of them go out of business, and, you know, when they do go out of business, it's usually they, they've been lax and not taking care of things for a long time. What's the worst? You don't have to name the restaurant, but what's the worst scene that you've been aware of that your, that your people have gone into?
4: Oh, I, I've seen some pretty horrific <laughs> stuff have. that have turned stomachs. Um, but usually the pest problem has gotten so out of control that they're having activity in the dining room and then they're losing customers. And they Or
0: in the nec- if it's in a retail strip, maybe next door. Maybe
4: next door or something. Well. And I've gone wow. into places where, you know, they have cardboard on the floor soaking up the oil and you can actually see during the day uh, the roaches and stuff. And, you know, we'll go in and do our clean out and... And literally there'll be, you know, multiple dead roaches for every square inch when we're done. Uh, and it's pretty horrific. So one of the things that we, we've really worked with our clientele, if there's a sanitation issue, we provide a sanitation report, make recommendations, and we try to help them stay in good compliance with the health so department good practices. So kind of keep it one, one
0: step ahead of the county department
4: yeah. to make sure that they don't run afoul. Yeah, so our recommendations are very similar. And what I, I will say for more restaurateurs, they try to do a good job and they want to do well for their place. So if they have a professional control company, they're likely adhering to rules because they have good practices. Uh, It's pretty rare that we go into a restaurant and have that situation. Um, Usually the health department said, we're shutting you down and you have to do something. And then those are the situations we come into. They're pretty nasty. But for our our standard clientele, sanitation is a big issue with them because they care about their clients as much as we care about
1: our clients. Sure. Is there any truth to the rumor that you're using Moderna to uh, eradicate the pests? (laughs) (laughs) Just just checking. Maybe just their booster. (laughs) Okay, so now you don't just do rodents, vermin, things like that. You also do weeds. Yeah, we do weed control. With with all the rains that we had in 2021, you know, I know I saw them just explode at my house without any pre-emergent down. Yeah. So January is an interesting month, right? Uh, there's a difference between
4: what customers are doing and what customers probably should do. Um, you know, most people are thinking about termites because termite activity is pretty heavy and we have a lot of termite work right and ter- now. And
0: termite uh, business, a lot of it has to do with moisture and so on,
4: Moisture right? and everything that's set up from our basically fall rains through the monsoon. Right, right. And it keeps us busy uh, all the way through the beginning of February. And a lot of people procrastinated doing their termite work because of Thanksgiving, the holidays... Uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, that sort of thing. Um, So people are trying to catch up at the new year. But what they're forgetting, which often most people do, is the pre-emergence in January is probably one of the best months to get your pre-emergence done because we're still getting our winter rain. And for a pre-emergence to be really effective, you want to have good rainfall within 30 days of the pre-emergence application, which gives a half inch of rain to soak that material in. So it's not too late. So it's not too late. It's a good time to get it done. It's funny, as all our commercial clients are getting it done now because they handle this stuff for their clients' years uh, out and have a good management program. But I would say a bulk of our residential pre-emergent services actually come in the months of like March, April, and May because that's after the weeds have grown and there's a carpet and they're like, oh my, I got to do something. Uh, When really the time is now to do something so you don't have the carpet of weeds that end up coming because we've had good moisture in winter um, and we all know that come about march uh, those seeds are going to start germinating and coming out and that's when you have the plants so the ounce of prevention that we always talk about should actually be done now that most people forget about and then they call us after the fact to handle the problem so what about buffalo grass grass is a very evasive species that have come in. And pre-emergence does help with buffelgrass. Um, but it has come into our region and competes. And there's a lot of government programs to get out there. Uh, it usually takes multiple treatments because it's very tough to deal with. It's very similar to Bermuda that um, you have to not only kill the grass itself, but the rhizomes and a root system that's in uh, place uh, because it's a very um, persistent weed and very hard to get rid of. So you can do that. We can do that. It just takes time. It does take time, and, and it will take Multiple
0: applications,
4: and of course, there is a cost for convenience.
0: Hey, I want to. I want to just uh, touch on something regarding pre-emergence, and you—you you guys do post em- post-emergent as well, or not? Yes, we do the post-emergence for the contact as well. Right. Um, lots of people are just like hell bent for leather, thinking that. The materials used in pre and post emergence are somehow unhealthy, and their children are going to be damaged. by them. talk about carcinogens. Saf- talk about the chemicals and the safety that goes into play uh, when you're doing these types of, uh, you know, broadleaf, uh, uh, you know, weed protections.
4: Yeah. Well, I got to be careful here because you know, there's the industry side that we're very safe and we want to warn people of yeah. um, the potential risk. So. Herbicides are actually some of the stronger products that we end up using. Um, basically, any pest control product that we use, it was designed from day one to basically not impact mammals. Um, and it actually, specific biology targets the um, biology of the insect in different ways that human beings don't have those parts, usually through attacking the nervous system, etc. Herbicides don't do that. And while every herbicide applied correctly is safe the reality is uh many of those herbicides are actually mineral based so usually our recommendation is uh you have to be very careful with the mixture of what you're dealing with and obviously when homeowners do it themselves um they're not very good at necessarily rationing the amount of material that you should be using um Most of the herbicides that you buy at the store are in a diluted form uh, to mitigate risk to people. Um, And our basic recommendation is when we're applying, all pets need to be vacated from the area. And once the material is dry then there are no issues for those pets. pets. But um, I have to be very frank that uh, most herbicides deal with minerals and salts in order to attack the weeds, and those things tend to be a little bit more harsh um, when it comes to human beings. Now, when I say harsh, I'm talking about applicators, when they're mixing and the safety and handling and gloves. We do that on our property, not on your property, and then we have the diluted form, which is usually 99 gallons of water to, you know, one gallon of material. So, uh, that's not a risk for our homeowners, but we just have to be very clear that, um, you probably should really know what you're doing when you're dealing with herbicides.
1: So it's not just you that makes your company run well. Oh, absolutely not. You've got great leadership. Absolutely. Talk about those people.
4: Well, you know, what's funny is uh, uh, I'd like to say we're a family-run business, but it's not necessarily my family. Um, so uh, I've been working for a very dynamic, uh, working with, I should say, a very dynamic person. Uh, her name's Corinne Ortiz. She's the vice president of our company. Uh, one of the big news items for Essential is uh, last year I made her a partial owner of the company. Um,
0: I've worked with her for about twenty four years now isn't isn't that really a great success for you oh absolutely To be able to be able to promote somebody who's been such an integral part of your business oh absolutely. And now and now that that person is a partner
4: yeah she, she's see i was very privileged i, I started in the industry with six bucks an hour nothing technician well she started the same way in the industry um she started six bucks a bucks an a Well, she probably made less than that, (laughs) to be honest, because I was a technician at the time. But... you know, she started from the bottom, ended up working 10 years at a competing company with myself. And I had the opportunity to buy mine. Uh, she worked up into management at that company. And uh, I had the opportunity to recruit her over, which I did. Uh, but she has been a very dynamic asset to our company. And what's interesting is, uh, during the downturn of the economy in 08, her husband ended up getting hired on uh, because he's doing heavy machinery. Now he's a, uh, basically a manager for our service department as well. And uh, her son also works for our company uh, as a technician while he goes to school at the same time. So, so uh, once again,
1: a family business. It's a family business. It is. Yeah. It's
4: just you know my daughter's off to school to be a doctor, and I don't have much family. But Corinne and her family have been an integral part yeah. of developing, and their sweat equity has really made essential what it is. And I am just privileged to be able to give back to her and her family the way that the industry has been given to me uh, and the benefits there. So. I can't tell you my appreciation, how much I appreciate what uh, they have done for our family, but they are
1: certainly great contributors. So um, any funny stories? Bug or pest stories (laughs) from 21. Yeah, I I should clarify, bug or pest stories, not just funny stories. Bug or pest?
4: Yeah, some of those we can't really share on the air because um, (laughs) we don't have to give names. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, so uh, we've had plenty of deals where, you know, I I guess the biggest thing that uh, is a funny thing for our technicians, and it's happened to me personally, so I'll use a personal experience myself, is uh, we dread ring doorbells and home video cameras Uh, because a lot of times we're doing work when the client's there, and I've had it happen to myself where we set up a ladder on the outside of the house and we climb up on a roof and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and the ladder slips out and the technician Kind of like <laughs> whoops and uh, ends up having a spill or something like that. We take those things very seriously. And then uh, sometimes a homeowner might get a, a comical little thing where they've seen us trip, fall, bang our head, or do something silly on the outside. So
1: I think so we you, all so have our personal stories Some of your people stories. are on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah, know, we have, try to avoid those for <laughs> slip and falls. <laughs> right. so. so with all the new home building going on, your work must be exploding. A lot of pre-treatment. Yeah, we, we're
4: we not really into the pre-treatment game. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we we do pre-treats for uh, small uh, builders that do like custom homes, those sort of things. But uh, we decided not to do that. And my last employer, we owned about 50% of the market and did a lot of pre-treats, but there it, you know eight, nine cents a square foot. It's very cutthroat. And um, so we- It's volume, we, not necessarily- yeah, it's, <laughs> it's volume. And it's not necessarily worth doing that work that yeah. comes in. So- How about um, with, re, with
0: resales, you know, when there's termites that are found? We,
4: we do a lot of that. Real estate transactions, right. resales, uh, upgrade treatments there. So- So you've um, had
0: good relationships with, with real estate agents in town who- Yeah,
4: we, we have tons of realtors. Uh, we're very responsive, very competitive within that price market.
0: So, Eric, you also ran for Congress in 2020. Um, I know you're following politics. We talk from from time to time. What are are your thoughts about what's going on in our local politics?
4: You know, I'm going to have to say this because I do follow what the Board of Supervisors does quite a bit. Obviously, the city of Tucson, even though I live in a county. And my biggest concern is that they follow national politics too much versus working on our local communities, which is really the design of their job. So if you look at the Board of Supervisors instead of focusing you know on this big transit debate that we're having, uh, instead of focusing on, you know, let's say um, keeping our law enforcement staffed and uh, crime within our community, they're worried about, mass mandates and immigration and climate change and everything that has nothing to do with growing our
0: local community. So the stuff that they have no control over. They
1: spend all their time trying to control. But the
4: stuff they do have control over. Yep. Right. Yeah, the the stuff that makes communities better, and I think that's why you see such a vast economic disparity between you know communities around the Phoenix market, uh, the success Casa Grande has had locally, um, you You're know crushing because it there. they're they're crushing it because they're focusing on. The things that they control in their Jobs, community.
0: kitchen table issues yeah, yeah
4: absolutely and so when we look at our local representation you know we even had Regina Romero travel to Washington D.C. and provide commentary on what's going there it's like you know I think maybe you should be focusing
0: on Tucson it doesn't want to talk about the 94 murders last year in the city of Tucson yeah. and all of the problems with roads and city mm-hmm. services and so and on and does
1: want to violate Doug Ducey's order on masking Deliberately. Oh, Deliberately. Because Deliberately. They're, ra- they're
0: racketeers. They they use the city charter as their as their means to you know do whatever the hell they want. And socially signaling is more important than aiding our community.
4: I, I can tell you, I've lived in Tucson my entire life. I can tell you what the poor areas of town are. They have always been poor, will continue to be poor, be underserved within a community. Crime is way up. Uh, we had a vehicle run into our building not too long ago from someone that was fleeing the cops that basically basically shot uh, someone downtown. Um, It's been a situation where I've had uh, one of our vehicles stolen before and the police wouldn't do anything about that, and I had to chase my own vehicle down. Luckily, we had GPS, and I could locate the service. Uh, they don't respond to alarm calls for businesses anymore, even though that we have to pay a city fee for that.
1: So, But they will respond to lar- loud parties and red-tag houses. Yes. Because that is dangerous. I mean, at least, at least, uh, uh, who's that gangster? At least Al Capone was honest about being a gangster. Yeah, <laughs> it's...
4: I, It would be humorous if these weren't real-life issues, but um, crime and what they've done to our local law enforcement, I mean— they can't even fill academies with people coming in. So when they're letting go of people because of their social signaling, who are you going to replace them with? One, they underpay their people in a community based on other communities that are there. They can't fill an academy coming through. And those are professional services that we need. So uh, quite frankly, I, I think their priorities are completely backwards in the social signaling versus what the community needs. So...
0: Um we're gonna we're gonna take a break here in a second Tom not don't push the button yet um, when we come back um, I want to talk we ask a real quick question because because our other guest here today Lee Mason is sort of the poster boy uh, for what what is what has happened to him in terms of all this virtue signaling and, and all the bad uh, acting at the county um, but I want you to give some thought to this before we return okay. uh, about your future plans if any okay okay and but before we do that if somebody wants to get in contact with essential to set up service how do they do that the best
4: way is to get on the internet and go to essentialpest.com that's e-s-s-e-n-t-i-a-l-p-s-t.com and we'll get you hooked up and taken care of so you
0: can do it right online like that oh perfect simple All all right so when we come back from our break uh, we're going to hear about Eric, if he's thinking or yep. what, you know, what kind of, what kind of things are going through his brain with respect to uh, continuing in the political world. World, Okay, Tom, let's go ahead and take that break. And when we return, uh, we'll have Eric and we'll move over to Lee Mason also. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts they sell round and square steel tubing metal plate and roofing materials as well as new and used steel aluminum and stainless steel to ranchers artists interior designers roofers and do-it-yourselfers just like all of the listeners here tucson iron and metal retail is open monday through fridays 8 a.m to 4 30 p.m and saturdays 8 a.m to noon tucson iron and steel retail 701 east 36th street Call 520-209-1576 or go to tucsonironretail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices.
3: Essential pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science.
2: You mean you don't use a shoe?
3: No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment,
2: people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com.
1: This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Now that the new year has started, one thing still remains the same. Government still wants to control you and your money. Don't let them. Take control of your life and your wealth. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, 777-1911. That's 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.
0: Okay, we're back. It's Bruce is here and Ebs here, and we're here with uh, Eric Rudin from uh, Essential Pest Control. Uh, we kind of left you with a uh, cliffhanger before the
1: before the break, <laughs> the proverbial um, hanging. Chad. So, so yep.
0: you know, you ran in 2020. Yeah, you, you weren't successful ultimately in, in yep. your election. Um, you're you obviously keenly aware of things going on mm-hmm. in our in our local as well as state and national. Um, do you still have the bug to maybe be looking at politics as a f- future kind of a thing uh, uh, to do? I do. Um, and uh, I
4: will be around politically for a very long time. Uh, I actually thought we did really well uh, in 2020 campaign. Yeah,
0: who the hell knew you before? Uh,
4: <laughs> no one knew me. And I finished second in a primary. Uh, and we were highly competitive in that primary. And I think we did really, really well. Um, but I think after running for that, I had to kind of s- analyze where we're at and You know, I never thought that running for such a large office initially was where I was going to go. Uh, But I did because uh, some of the other seats locally were filled and there weren't a lot of options. And I thought there was an opportunity there. It was a great experience, uh, but I think what I'm going to do in the future is more a traditional path. Go for an office that's a little bit lower, that's a little bit more local, help my community, and then if the opportunity someday presents itself to maybe try for Congress again, then maybe I'll take that opportunity. Um, the biggest thing was financially recovering because I spent quite a bit of my own money in that campaign, so I had to focus on my businesses, get in a good spot. I think I'm there now. Uh, I'm not going to run this election cycle. I'd don't believe uh jumping in late even though i should mm-hmm. be eligible for some of the new uh ld 17 areas mm-hmm. uh, but i think the next next election cycle after that in the 2024 there is a seat that i am looking at seriously that i think i could be very competitive in uh that i live in the district and uh, i think i could make some noise you mm-hmm. want to tell us
1: what that is you're going to hold it in suspense no no
0: let's just let, let right. them hold it that's okay yep. you know keep secrets okay it's all good <laughs> um All right. Well, thank you very much. Eric's going to continue here uh, with us in the studio. And um, uh, we're going to move on to our next guest. And let me just set this up by saying in early November, the Pima County Board of Supervisors led by COVID madman, Dr. Matt Hines, announced a vaccination mandate that would affect county employees uh, all through the system. Our next guest served as an academy certified corrections officer with the county Uh, correction system for 10 years. Uh, He had earned the respect of his department and his fellow corrections officers and currently serves as a treasurer for the Pima County Correction Officers Association. Like many other Pima hardworking government employees, including those involved in law enforcement, our guest had expressed his opposition to the mandatory vaccine uh, mandate for religious concerns his first amendment rights were not the concerns of his employers however and on January 3rd when he arrived for work uh, well in advance of his uh, shift suited up and ready for duty uh, he was told that he would no longer be working for the county and he was shown the door Lee Mason thanks for your service uh, to our community for the safety uh, of, of the uh, prisoners in, in the uh, uh, in the jail and and your fellow officers Um, tell our listeners how it felt that in spite of all your good work over a decade, you were dismissed over matters of conscience.
5: Well, Bruce, I appreciate you having me on uh, to talk about this. Every time I've been asked that question, uh, I've, I've thought back and realized that this wasn't just a job. For me, this was a career. This is something that I had been planning on doing for at least 20 years i turned 20 years old in the academy Mm. so uh this wasn't just a job for me and uh i loved what i did every day and i loved the camaraderie i had i loved the working relationships i made while i was there and uh i miss it dearly i mean it's it's been two weeks since i was terminated and uh the horror stories that i'm hearing of out of control over time um you know we've had more than is it one true, officer
0: is a true one officer because of these shortages actually worked not just an eight-hour shift not just a 16-hour shift but a 24-hour shift
5: yes actually uh, it was it was New Year's Eve and uh, we were incredibly short-staffed before this mandate was rolled out we were about 70 officers short give or take uh, as a direct result of this mandate uh, we're over 100 officers short now. So, yeah, we had one officer who worked 24 hours straight inside the jail. I wasn't even aware that that was legal. Um, and uh, and that's not the only horror story that we've got, unfortunately.
0: Mm. Um, so talk about... Um talk about the covid outbreaks that you have had in the Pima County Correction System versus state and some federal facilities around the country. Pima has some rigorous protections in place uh, for for staff as well as for um uh, for the for the in, for the prisoners, right?
5: Correct. Um from day 1, our command staff was taking this seriously. Uh, more more information has come out now and uh, we're learning more now about uh, the lethality of COVID-19 infection and with different variants and so on and uh, as it seems you know comorbidities are the key issue here right but Pima County Jail tests every single inmate who's brought into our facility and the days we have a quarantine period, a mandatory quarantine period, and those days have changed. How The length of that manda- uh, mandated quarantine period has changed with CDC guidance, uh, but we keep everybody who comes into the facility separate uh, based on dates when they come in. So we have a rigorous control where everybody is tested, even if you don't test positive, you are still separated from general population. Mm. And if somebody were to test positive, they are also separated. So you have more than one housing unit dedicated to uh, what's called observation levels. And uh, at a meeting for with the Board of Supervisors in October, Sheriff Nanos came out and said that the COVID positivity rate amongst the inmate population was at eight percent
0: len hold on we're going to get to your call in just a moment but this is important stuff and at that same meeting
5: the the statistic for the general population of uh the general public of pima county COVID positivity rate is at ten percent so by the sheriff's own words by his own admission the citizens of Pima County are actually less likely to contract COVID-19 when they're inside our facility. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but that does not sound like a situation in which you need a radical mandatory change in procedure. That's going to
0: essentially gut your department. Mm. Uh, We have a caller, Len, he's calling from Chicago. Len, do you have a question for uh, Lee Mason?
1: Yes, I do. Thanks very much for taking my call. I actually have a couple, if I can. Fire away. Uh, uh, Lee, uh, my first question is, I'm curious to know, what was the non-administrative staffing ratio at the Corrections Bureau before COVID, and what are they now?
5: Are you talking in in regards to line-level officers to inmate ratio? Yes, sir. Well, our facility... Uh, was on average holding anywhere between 1,800 to 1,600 inmates. And uh, we are, I I believe the number is somewhere in 415 to 420 is how many corrections officers we are authorized to hire. And before this mandate uh, took effect, we were about 70 officers short. It's a little bit of inside baseball and we won't get into it, but Corrections, especially in 2020 and beyond, is not a field that uh, a lot of people are chomping at the bit to get in. Um, And now, after this mandate, between the resignations and the terminations that we've seen, we're over 100 officers short.
1: Wow. So in your opinion, do you feel that the staffing levels now are safe for the correction officers as well as the inmates? you know being down at 100 uh, officers
5: no uh, the, the the Pima County jail has traditionally been a trendsetter jail and I know that's kind of a buzzword but what I mean by that is our philosophy of management and observation is something that uh, commanders of other correctional facilities in the state and even nationwide come to our leadership to ask us how are you so safe how are you so effective in regards to COVID and other issues.
0: And now, and in fact, during the Napier uh, Sheriff Administration, the Pima County Corrections Facility was one of only three uh, similar facilities anywhere in the country that had been accredited by a national organization. Isn't that correct?
5: Yes, that's correct. Uh, The organization is the National Institute for Jail Operations. And what they do is they come in and they rate facilities based on... um, it's safety security sanitation and ease of access to medical care and so they they rate the facility in regards to inmates and also staff so corrections officers jail staff and inmates all were incredibly safe at our facility and we are like you said in the top three in the nation that's unfortunately no longer the case that that accreditation was achieved under Sheriff Napier. And uh, very quickly, once uh, Sheriff Nanos took power, um, we saw a lot of resignations and uh, a lot of uh, retirements early on because people saw the writing on the wall. And then more acutely uh, in November, when the Board of Supervisors passed this mandate with at the behest of Nanos, uh, honestly, we had people rendering their resignations
1: that week. well, let's go further than back than that. Len, hang on, don't go away. I mean, when okay. when Nanos came in before he was sworn in, I understand that uh, one of his henchmen told some of the brass, "You either leave or you're going to get fired." and then they were fired were removed to another location.
5: Well, that's correct. Those are two two different things I think we're talking about there. But yes, uh, as soon as the election results had come out and Sheriff Nanos was declared the, uh, the, the sheriff to be, he began to make organizational changes before he had even taken office. And the command staff that was at the facility that had a combined... Um, Combined corrections experience of over 60 years, the same command staff that had gotten us to a position to receive that Nijo accreditation, the, those three captains were told that they needed to resign or be fired, and they they ended up resigning.
1: And these are the people that made it not only safe for the corrections officers, but safe for the inmates as well. Correct, yes. Lynn, what else? Uh my follow-up question is, do you think that the no-job no, jab, no job mandate was politically motivated by somebody eager to sit at the political table?
5: Uh, I, I don't have a crystal ball, so I cannot see what's inside people's heads. But I can listen to the words that they say, and I can see the actions that they take. Uh, Sheriff Nanos, back in April of 2021, on his public facebook account was talking to constituents and saying that people had a right to choose he said there are multiple ways to uh safeguard against COVID 19 infection and as we know that is the truth right there are certain things that you can do outside of the vaccine to make sure that you're safe from that infection i don't know at what point uh, he changed his mind on that, but when he began talks uh, just six months later with the Board of Supervisors, even before that, uh, Representative or Supervisor Matt Hines had a very strong stance on it, and the sheriff came to the Board of Supervisors and basically asked them, hey, please mandate my corrections officers to be vaccinated.
1: Which was 180 degrees from what he posted in his Facebook posts. Yes, Hey, Len, thanks
0: for your call. Appreciate you calling in uh, today.
1: Thank you for talking with me today.
0: Sure. Um, so, another a member of the uh, Corrections uh, Department uh, spoke out against uh, the policies and some of the things going on at the Sheriff's Department. This was uh, Lieutenant Zuniga. I think he was on uh, the Wake Up Tucson show here not too uh, long ago. Yes. Um, so, what happened to him?
5: Well, the Sheriff Nanos administration isn't the most open and honest administration that i've been a part of i've served under three sheriffs uh du- clarence dupnik uh, nanos twice now. nanos one <laughs> yeah nanos one and two and and sheriff napier and uh yeah they're not the most open honest or transparent people but it has made it through the grapevine that uh lieutenant zuniga for whatever reason has been reassigned to work at the juvenile detention center and I believe he's fulfilling the role of a basic corrections officer down there. Now I'm not a police officer. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that it's against ARS to use your posting as a punitive
0: measure. And that's probably the case uh, in, in his particular situation. Um, so the, your your refusal to, to do vaccine, this was a matter of personal conscience, was it? That's correct. Um, I mean, but, you weren't trying to get back to the sheriff. You weren't trying to send a political message. You're You're here today because all else failed.
5: Yeah, I'm here today because I was employed and working and going to work every day for two years with this mandate. Two years with this mask mandate, two years during the pandemic. And uh, just as a side, I wanna say, I was terminated five days after recovering from COVID-19. I was sick three times during this pandemic. I was more sick, my symptoms were more severe when I was COVID negative than when I was COVID positive. But the issue, my main issue with this mandate is that it is based on multiple lies and I'm not going to participate in those lies. When I went through the Academy, the Corrections Academy in June of 2011, it was beaten into our heads to have integrity. Integrity is honesty, even when nobody's looking. Because when you're in a position where you have have authority over tens or dozens of incarcerated individuals at once, you need to be somebody of character. You need to be somebody of integrity. So I would just like to tell you that in the, the the manufacturers and the CDC have both come out and stated that these vaccines don't stop contraction or transmission. And we've seen
1: that by experience. I mean, even was it France that came out with something like that? Who, who was who was the country?
5: Well, I know that uh, Japan. Japan, has, Japan, Japan has rescinded all of their vaccine mandates, and they've actually put a warning on the label of myocarditis but you can't say that on Facebook, otherwise they'll take you off the So
1: it's platform. interesting you say that because when we see ads for any drug on TV- Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. Not only that, but, but the ad for it's the like drug- There's like a jillion disclaimers it, 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 for crime is substantially smaller than all the disclaimers. And yet, how many disclaimers do you see for any of the uh, COVID-19 vaccinations? Zero.
5: The, well, the, disc, the disclaimers <laughs> I've seen is if you don't take this, you're not gonna be able to pay your
1: mortgage. And with that being said, talk about the officers that are forced out because of this. How much danger does that bring to the COs that remain in the jails as well as the prisoners that are in the jails?
5: Well, that's that's a multi-pronged issue here. So first off, I'd like to say the vast majority of the inmates in the Pima County Jail are what's called pre-trial detainees, right? Innocent until proven guilty. They're incarcerated while they're going to court that being said these individuals that we have we have many individuals who are repeat offenders many people in there have done a decade or more in prison possibly these are not people who have displayed a past of being able to deal with uh adversity or deal with a situation they don't like well what i mean to say is when you have a convict who's done 15 years in prison and he feels like he's not getting out of his cell often enough and he feels like he, uh, his rights are being violated, there's only one way to get the attention of the captains in their mind, and that is through violence. And that's not good. I have personally witnessed a uh, more than one riot, more than one group demonstration, and I can tell you with how short-staffed our jail is, Like I said before, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see into the future, but what do I, I, what I do have is a decade of experience. If you have these individuals only coming out a few times a week, if they're not able to get outside recreation time, that's that they, they begin to get stir crazy. And that tension coupled with the burnout of officers getting forced. And when I say forced, I mean forced. They don't open the
1: doors of the jail until they have enough over time. Lee, I hate to do this. We could stay on this for a long time, but we are running out of time. And so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for all that you've done and all that I know you're going to do. Until next week for Inside Track, this is Ed Wilkinson. And Bruce Ash. Thanking you for listening in today. And as we approach the MLK holiday on Monday, let's remember the leader who valued the character of the man over the color of their skin... Let's continue to work earnestly for equality and remember that America, while still working to promote a more perfect union, is still a nation believing in the value of all our countrymen and women and that equity as devised by a small but incredibly vocal minority only leads to the destruction of liberty and a loss of equality for all. Thank you very much. Until next week, this is Ed Wilkinson. And Bruce Ash jamie kipper and her
0: father gary kipper from tucson iron and metal what are they going to see when they come through the gates
2: so when they come on in they'll see our building up front people have free reign to then go out and look in the yard So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing, and then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through, but that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house, We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and
0: Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday.
1: This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Now that the new year has started, one thing still remains the same. Government still wants to control you and your money. Don't let them. Take control of your life and your wealth. Call me, Ebb Wilkinson, 777-1911. That's 777-1911.